Hi, Mark. Uh, hi, Will. Where are we? Um, we are at uh, the Theatre of Eternable Dreams, the AJ Bell Stadium. AJ Bell, where we've come home for you. Yeah. You got a big welcome when we came in this morning, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, red carpet came out. With some with some nice butties and some bit of tea, didn't we, before? It, it wasn't the driest bacon butty no, ever, was you it? You had to bring your own sauce, didn't you, you for the, for the bacon butties. But we are at the Super League playoff launch and the Dream Team announcement. And we are joined by, would you say, the greatest ever rugby league player? I mean, he says that, but would you yes, say that? Yes, he just told us to say it. Um, he's definitely up there. Yeah. With the likes of? Myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jamie Peak. There's the list, list is endless. The list goes of, on. But yeah, me and James are near yeah. the top. Um, no John Wilkin today. Robes, unfortunately. Hello, by the way. How are Hi, you? Hi, you're okay. You, but they, you, James Roby had no idea he was doing this. So he's now, <laughs> his face looked horrified when I said he has to sit with us for an hour. <laughs> Now he's doing a fake laugh, Mark. Yeah. But we've got him. Just keep tight. Don't let him. Don't let him off that couch. So, so Robes, no John Wilkin today. Um, quite a serious matter, actually, because, um, well, I mean, one is has he been scared off by the Salford fans? I know you don't listen to the pod, Robs. Uh, Robs, thanks for, thanks for that. But he's had quite a few things to say about Salford supporters yeah. over the last, have last you, few have weeks. Have you seen this or heard of it? I've, I've heard of little heard, bits and bobs. Yeah, he's, uh, he likes things. to be quite controversial at times. Don't he? <laughs> um, so I don't know whether that was why he didn't want to come here, but. Uh, I have actually been handed a, a statement. Just now? Mark, yeah. Hot off the um, press. I'll, I'll read it out to you. It's, it's, it's been handed to me by, I think, a legal team. He says, um, after a long period of reflection and discussion with my family, I've decided to take some time away from the podcast and my television duties. Um, I haven't decided what the future holds, but I would appreciate some privacy at this difficult time, Mark. Don't, it's not time to laugh. No, it's not. It's a um, I'd also like to wholeheartedly apologise to the Salford supporters for any offence caused enjoy the rest of the season so some some pretty strong words there yeah, from John nice Wilkin. words I think he's nice quite, sounds remorseful <laughs> yeah and like, he has he has been advised to take some time off uh, Robes so you know we might have seen the last of him on this on this podcast but are you aware of the meltdowns that he's had on live television recently I've heard a little bit but not I'm not saying a full yeah would you consider yourself a friend of, of John Wilkin uh, yeah, yeah have you witnessed yeah, any yeah. meltdown John Wilkin meltdowns uh, yeah, probably over the years, definitely, <laughs> definitely a few different different opinions and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, the, the public ones, I'm not too aware of. <laughs> He's very rapidly become um, probably the biggest hate figure in rugby league. <laughs> I think that's a bit far. Yeah. Well, who, who, who's who's up there? Well, you're up there actually. Yeah, I mean, I'm indifferent to that. Yeah. John, this is John's livelihood, yeah. isn't it? This is John's life. Yeah. Anyway, enough about enough about Wilkin. By the way, who, who would win in a fight out of your dad and John Wilkins' dad? Because they're quite, you're quite tight, tight, aren't they, those two? My dad? Yeah. John Wilkins' dad. Oh, I don't know. Mark and my, Phil? My dad would back himself, wouldn't he? Definitely. Back but but uh, uh, Big Phil Wilco's dad, he's... Uh, it'd be a good one. I reckon uh, he's... Big Phil's he's shovel hands. Silent assassin. Yeah. They, they, they knock about together, don't they? They used to. They, I used to, when I played at Saints, you go in the bar after the game and they'd be... Yeah. Stood, stood there putting the world to rights, weren't they? After about eight, eight or nine pints. Yeah, yeah, they had, uh, there was a, a few of the dads, obviously, they had a bit of a club and they'd have a few beers and enjoy watching us home and away. So it was good, you know, it's nice to, for obviously them to uh, experience that. So you've just been named in the dream team for the seventh time. You've broken the Super League appearance this season as well. Do you ever blow your own trumpet, Ropes? <laughs> no, uh, no, like I say, I, I was, you know, when he said the second. Uh, second most appearances in the dream team, which is obviously a great achievement. I mean, I think things like this are probably, you know, you, you kind of you don't really get caught up in it at the moment, especially, you know, because the season's carrying on and we, you know we've got big games in a couple of weeks' time. So, 
it's one of those that probably after a finish and you know hang the boots up and probably reflect on it and you know be pretty proud why are you such a modest mouse where does this come from have you always been like that yeah i suppose i've always been like that. that's just the way the way i am and the way you know probably it works for me you know what i mean so um yeah just turn up get my job done enjoy playing with my teammates and uh and all the success that comes off the back at the end of the day we are a team sport aren't we and um, you know, I, I can't do what I do without you know all the players and staff around me. Mark, he seems like a, a captain's and a, a you know coach's dream. I know he's obviously gone on to captain Saints, but I think Jamie Peacock summed it up perfectly, didn't he? He said that because he does it so consistently, yeah. that almost that talent gets forgotten because it just happens every week in front of everyone's eyes. Yeah, well, I think players that have played with him especially realise what he does week in week out, and I think sometimes when a, a hooker or any kind of player has a good season, it comes out of the blue. It's a shock, a surprise, but it's happened numerous times over the last 10, 15 years. But I still think that, that their best was never as good as James's best week in, week out. And um, I, I, it's seven times. I think he should have probably been in this, this dream team every, every year for the last since he started, pretty much. He's been incredible. Uh, he's a great, great teammate. And um, yeah, someone I watch now, and I still can't believe my eyes what I, what I see on, on a Friday night at Saints. Going for a fourth grand final triumph consecutively, Robes. Greedy pigs. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, well, you know, once you win one, you obviously want to go again and again. You almost become addicted to, um, you know, that feeling of winning trophies and, and being successful. And, yeah, we're in a position now where we're, we're two, potentially two games away from going four in a row, which, you know, would be a fantastic achievement. Never been done before. We're aware of that. And, um, yeah, you know, I'll kind of, we had a good, game yesterday against Toulouse, finished the game pretty strong in the second half, uh, which obviously gives us a bit of you know a boost and a bit of confidence going into our preparation now for, mm. for that semi-final. But yeah, there's a lot at stake, you know, I mean there's some big games and obviously, you know, doing things like today, I suppose, seeing all the, the lads from the other teams and that, your rivals, it's it kind of brings it to life a little bit more yeah. and you know gets you prepared. Mark, I'm gonna ask you to swap the robes because I can't even hear a thing he's saying. We're in a room of about hundred people. And I mean, I don't need to hear you at all, do I? Because you're kind of less I can, important. I lip read as well. Just you do a little Just swap seat. Do a little swap seat. And you can answer this question: Why you swap, Mark? Where would this put this Saints team if they are to do four on the trot? Never been done before. Um, it'd be, I think, it'd be the biggest achievement since Wigan won all those Challenge Cups in the 90s. I think um, the facts speak for themselves. Four in a row, obviously, um, surpasses what Leeds Rhinos did a few good few years ago, but. Um, yeah, I think you judge teams on on, on titles and um, how how they operate during their period, and um, yeah, it'd be truly remarkable. I think one thing I've noticed they've, they've kept a very stable squad over the last probably six or seven years. It's, it's been building for a while. This uh, and that nucleus has still probably got a good few more years left in them. Uh, a lot of British lads in there, and you can see when they get a good victory what it means to them after a win. You see, like, celebrate together. You're a very close-knit club, and uh, I can see maybe four or five going. It's, it's mm. been that really successful. You said it would be special to, to match the three. What about to do the four, to go out in front of everyone? Yeah, well, again, that would be amazing. I mean, that, that is definitely the aim, and we're obviously aware that we've done the three. Leeds have also done the three, you know, a few years ago, and um, you know, but no one has done the four, like you mm. say. So it, it is kind of do that unknown, stepping into the unknown, or stepping, you know, to be that kind of groundbreaker, I suppose, to uh, be part of that team that's remembered of being potentially, you know, one of the best teams of all time in mm. Super League. Um, so yeah, it's you know that that's there. We just don't want to, you know, we we're all aware of it. We all know it's there. We know it's coming. 
Um, is but it the unspoken? To... Is it a bit like Liverpool last season? Yeah, talking well, about we, we, do, we obviously we have addressed it as a team. We have spoke about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of them kind of. It's a, it's a dormant volcano, isn't it? It's, we're we're kind of, mm. you know, we just want to tick along and do our job and pick up the wins. And obviously, you know, we're at uh, you know knockout finals now, aren't we? The semi-final a couple of weeks. So first and foremost, we've got to get that in order before we can think about anything at Old Trafford. Now, when you spoke spoke to our friend John Wilkin. Um, I think at the beginning of the season, Super League stories, yeah. I love that, but you were asked to give a percentage about staying on. I think you went 90 and then he got you up to about 95. Yeah, yeah. I think he just stayed with you, didn't he, to the car park and yeah. then he got you up to about 100. So you're staying on ropes. Yeah. Was it a kind of, was it a, a DiCaprio, I'm not fucking leaving moment? You know, did you have that sort of in yeah, front of all your teammates? Not, not quite, not as uh, <laughs> a dramatic as that. But yeah, I think when I did the interview with John, I was genuinely... Lean, like I, I was honest, do you know what I mean? I, I could see in your eyes, you yeah, weren't yeah. sure. There was always a part of me that thought, you know, I can go again, I can, mm. I can keep going and almost, I suppose, we're all competitive by nature, aren't we, as players? And, you know, when someone says you can't do something or someone doubts you, you want to prove them wrong. And, um, yeah, I, I was pretty much ready for retiring. I was happy with what I've done, you know, content in my career. Um, obviously, a few telltale signs, body-wise and stuff, but then the more the year went on, mm. and I was thinking, actually, I'm... I'm you know, I'm scrubbing up better than I thought I would at this time of the year, and I'm feeling okay, and you know, still feeling good uh, mentally as well, still enjoying it, obviously, which is a, a big factor. And yeah, I thought, you know, I'm at a club like we've mentioned there. We're, we're challenging for four. We're, we're in a period of hopefully, you know, success for the club and a team that might be remembered for for many years to come. And why would I not want to be a part of that? You know what I mean? I'm, mm. um, you know, I'm, I'm a part of it. I've been a part of it for the last few years, winning these trophies and potentially. Why can't we win more trophies next year? And maybe if I had finished, you know, and I watched the lads lift trophies and stuff, I might have regretted it because I know I'll miss it when it's gone. Yeah. I know I'll miss uh, being around the lads every day, having a laugh, and obviously working hard. And like you say, ultimately, you know, the team and the organisation, everybody involved. Uh, you know, we've been together for so many years now. Twenty years will be next year in my professional career. Um, and yeah, just looking forward to, to yeah. one more year, and I'm pretty sure it will be my last next year. Yeah. Oh, hold on, help yeah. give me a percentage. Oh yeah, uh, 95. Yeah, 95. <laughs> <laughs> 95. Isn't it? I was wondering how how's Joey Lussick being with you because yeah. he was probably seen as your like come come for this season, and then when you retire, he kind of takes over the mantle. Has he not been saying? Are you sure you don't want to retire? Yeah, you sure no, you don't want to change your mind. No, back? Joey's been great to be honest. He's, he's a great lad. You probably you yeah, know Joey from your time at Salford. He's a you know great fun character to have around. Um, and yeah, like you say, I think at the beginning of the season, the perception was kind of, you know, maybe I would start, we'd start to transition more and maybe Joey would finish the season a bit more and, and uh, you know, get a bit more game time towards the end. And the way it's panned out, we both pretty much, you know, shared that hooking role. But like you say, I probably ended up playing more minutes than yeah. I originally anticipated. Um, but yeah, it's you know Joey's been great. He's you know he's he's not one for kicking up a fuss or anything like that. And and I think he's been getting his rewards. The way he's been playing lately, he's been fantastic. Yeah, you know, he's he's going uh, got his confidence up, scored a few tries. He's kind of got a bit more speed than me out of dummy half. So um, yeah, he's he's a great lad to have around. Mm. Uh, but in a way, these these sort of announcements and these moments spur the team on. I mean, you saw it with James Graham when he came back, and obviously one unfortunately in front of a zero crowd with COVID going yeah. on. Um, you know, what a way to send him off. And, and the team have probably wanted to do that to you because you told them it was the last dance, but you're dancing again. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think, obviously, you know, the, the James Graham one there comes to mind straight away. I think it was so fitting and I was so glad and, and kind of, you know, just made up for him really that in his last game, because he, 
he's been a part of them teams with me and you know the likes of Paul Wellins, John Wilkin, people like that who we'd lost all them grand finals many years ago and mm. and then he'd gone to Australia and played in a few and he was unlucky in them and then you he know for seven of them on the bounce. Maybe yeah. So I'm not just on the bounce, but um, but yeah, he's obviously yeah he had no luck in, <laughs> in grand finals, did he? And but he deserves it, Jam. You know what I mean? He's, he's a great lad, great. Um, Great competitor, very unique personality and um, unique personality. Unique, <laughs> Do you want to expand on that a little bit? No, it's just he it wears it out on his sleeve, and I think a lot of people can see Jammer. He's, uh, you know, he's got a bit of a temper, and he uses it to his advantage, and. He'll do anything for the lads, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anything for his teammates. He, he's one of them players who prepared to die on the field, isn't it? Yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, he, he's such a, a great competitor, and he's been like that from being a child, playing and against him. He couldn't be any more different than you as a person, in terms of <laughs> how he's an extrovert, you're a bit of an introvert. How, yeah. You kind of, not, not wouldn't say bottle things up, but you keep things close, he yeah, yeah. wears his heart on his sleeve. So yeah, different. maybe. Yeah, now you've said it. Probably uh, opp opposite to track, don't we? There you go. We've probably got a good, uh, <laughs> a good friendship there off the back of that. Yeah. So you're 37 in November. Yeah. Same age as Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Two fine specimens, two great athletes. Who, who's aged better? Do you think over over oh, the years when you look back hell. at those yeah, early put, Ronaldo pictures? Put my picture next to Ronaldo's. It's <laughs> a funny story about that. A while ago, um, a couple of years ago now, but Ronaldo was on telly. And uh, my son must have Googled him and found out he was the same age. And he was yeah. laughing, going, ah, Ronaldo's the same age as you. Look at, this, <laughs> look at the state of your face, look at this. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, well, I suppose it just shows, doesn't it? Um, rugby league or football, you know. Yeah. I'll have to, maybe have to book myself in when I finish <laughs> for a bit of work. Um, when you think back to all those, those years ago, making that debut, um, I mean, there was a great story and you told it in, in Super League stories, but let's tell it again for those who didn't watch that. The week that you made your debut, you were so excited you crashed your car. Yeah, well, it was the day before, oh, well, a couple of days before the game. So, yeah, long story, but basically I kind of got, I was playing for the academy and Ian Millward came down to the academy training one night uh, and I'd been playing pretty well. And obviously, you know, when the, the first team coach is watching, you're all, you're all tech alert and you're on high, high alert, sorry. Um, anyway, he came, out, he came around after training session and said, oh, I've heard some good things. Uh, I'd like to come and train with the first team on Wednesday. So I went to train with the first team on the Wednesday and afterwards he pulled me to one side and he said, oh, you're on the bench on Friday. <laughs> so I was like, oh, like, where the hell's this come from straight away? Like, oh my God, so I'm, I'm driving back to sixth form because I had to take the morning off sixth form to obviously go training. Yeah. And I'm like, I remember I'm like ringing my mum and dad to say, oh, like, I'm, I'm playing on Friday, make sure you get tickets, all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, I was just at a junction and obviously got too excited and I ended up going into the back of someone. But it was nothing bad, do you know what I mean? It was only a little... Was it, this little was an old school Mini Cooper, the old ones? Oh yeah, an old Austin Mini, 1984, I think oh. it was. Um, I loved it, a little red Mini. And obviously, back in the day, we all had bangers, our first cars, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it seems like now all the young lads have fancy cars, don't they? But yeah, I loved that car, should never have got rid of it, to be honest. <laughs> but it wasn't a write-off, it survived. Oh, it survived, it yeah, survived. yeah, it was just a little ding on the bumper, it was nothing, <laughs> nothing bad. So look, building up to that moment, let's rewind a little bit. And, and um, you know, we talked about your dad, and I mean, I've met him a few times when, when John and Mark were at Saints. How did rugby league come into your life as a kid? Uh, as a kid, yeah, so my dad was, my dad's from Liverpool, he's a mad football fan. Um, and yeah, no, no one in my family had really played rugby. Rugby, uh, rugby league. Me, my uncle was quite sporty on my mum's side, but he played football. And my uncle on my dad's side was a, a, bo a good amateur boxer and stuff like that. Um, so when I was younger, I went down football first, tried that for a little bit, and then um, one of the lads in, in my class at school 
actually was uh, his dad was a Kiwi who'd come over playing rugby, Kevin Tapine, um, and he coached the local team, which was Blackbrook at the time, and they were short for players. And he said, you know, why don't you come down? You obviously a sporty young lad, uh, come and try it. And I went down, and they never had enough players, so I was straight in the team. And I loved it, yeah. I just always remember I sat football off straight away and <laughs> just en- I must have enjoyed the physical side of rugby, get, you know, tackling and running around and, and, yeah, really enjoyed it and stuck with it ever since. But considering the career that you've gone on to have and it's still not over yet and, you know, one of the greatest to have picked up a ball, you, you weren't picked up as a teenager and that kind of got to you, didn't it? Because all your mates were being picked up by clubs and you were left behind. Yeah, it was quite tough at times, I suppose. I was always... It, it was structured a bit differently back then so from under 11s used to have some telling schoolboys and then obviously every year then we'd play against the likes of Wigan and Warrington schoolboys and we'd have North West Counties representative teams and I was kind of always in and around them teams but once it got to the age of you know signing scholarships or uh, there was a service area at the time I think they called it where I was kind of getting selected to go and train with the Saints service area but mm. there was only a select handful of guys who got the scholarship and got an extra bit of gear and an extra bit of an incentive and um, yeah I wasn't one of those for, for a good few years really for around the you know that 14 <clears throat> sorry 14 15 16 year old that sort yeah. of when you know it's becoming pretty serious and at that stage you think it might it might not happen yeah it might not happen definitely wow. yeah and um, you know that's probably the similar sort of age as you, you start going out over the park on a weekend with your mates you know drinking your cool drinking cider all that sort of stuff and um, <laughs> and yeah I, re- I remember around that period I was yeah I wasn't getting considered and some of my mates were James Graham obviously he was one of them who did get considered yeah. but, and you were a halfback at this stage yeah, yeah yeah well I played most of my amateur career as a, as a loose forward really yeah. a back row or loose forward and then when the scouts came around they basically said you, you know you're not big enough we're going to change into a halfback so I basically went to six, play six and seven when I, my time at St Helens really mm. when around them teenage years um, and yeah I didn't really get picked up and then I must have had a good year when I was around 16, 17 year old mm. um, and then they finally gave me a, like a, a paid academy contract at the end of the season and then it was a bit of a whirlwind then within mm. within a year and or 18 months I was playing for the first team I bet that was they were peanuts as well you were getting paid back. oh yeah yeah it was it was uh, yeah, it wasn't much money. It was obviously you got a little bit more. I think it was like thirty quid for uh, thirty quid for a for a loss, maybe maybe sixty quid for a win, or it might even be thirty quid for a win. But um, and then my first year, I was still on my academy because I kind of broke into the first team without, mm. you know, I wasn't a registered for like signed on, you know. Um, I was still on my academy contract, but I wasn't playing academy games. I was playing first team games, so, I wasn't, so I wasn't getting paid. The academy, do you know what I mean? So yeah. I was on even less in my first year, but I suppose you know that's the You've way. Got it all back now, though, aren't you? That's the way it is. <laughs> so I, what I'm you're saying is, <laughs> you, you could have still to this day been in the park with a bottle of white lightning, big beard, you know, looking like sort of Forrest <laughs> yeah, Gump yeah. when he went running. Yeah, well, well, I, well, actually, there was a spell where I went back down to Blackbrook, playing for the under 18s, training mm. with them for a few weeks, um, and then obviously the, the Saints thing kicked off and happened. So, yeah. but yeah, I was I was very close to just. You know, going back what down would back you up. have done? That's a fascinating question. What would Roby have been if he wasn't one of the greatest rugby league players? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd always love, I say now, my dream job, I'd love to... The military's always appealed to me. Like oh, really? SAS sort of, you know, special <laughs> service. I could see that. you in there as well. I'd, I'd love nothing more than that. You know, <laughs> Do you watch but, SAS? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Love could it. we, could love we it. get you on 
SAS who dares wins one day. Do you reckon? I don't, I, I don't know, but I'd like it. But I'm colourblind. Give me a percentage. So I'm not, have, I'm not allowed James to go James Roby in. would absolutely piss it. It'd be easy. Yeah. James Roby should be on that show. Shouldn't he? Can you give me a percentage of how likely you are to go on a show like that? I'd go on that show. Yeah. You would go on that I'd show. On that let's show. Get Producers of SAS who dares wins. Let's get him on. Let's get him on. But, uh, Absolutely. No, but in all seriousness, Mark. For so for someone as talented as James and what he's achieved in the game, you know, five grand final rings, mm. Challenge Cups, mm. four of them, yeah, yeah, World Club Challenge in 2007. You know, and one of the greatest captains and hookers the game has ever seen. It, it is a crime that his, pro, his sporting profile in the UK is not up there with other sports which are you know maybe a little towards London yeah that, that I find as someone who's from the south I find that criminal I think it's just a reflection of where unfortunately rugby league sits on the sporting landscape of, of the country uh, but just to go back to, to James mentioning the special force and all that kind of stuff I remember this completely typifies him as a man I remember my first pre-season at, at uh, St Helens um, we always do a yo-yo test, similar to a bleep test, where everyone runs between two lines, fast they can, on a bleep. And um, before I got there, I'd heard rumours that it was always uh, a duel between John Wilkin and Robes at the end. So anyway, we did it, everyone drops out, apart from these two, and they're going for a good probably four or five minutes more than anybody. And we're all watching. Uh, and neither, they're both supremely fit, for one, and both supremely competitive. Uh, and towards the end, James was pulling these really aggressive, strange faces that I've never seen him pull before or since. I thought, that's a bit weird. Anyway, uh, they reached like level 40 or something stupid and then they stopped it. Uh, so it was, it was, it was named a draw. Uh, but afterwards I said, James, why do you pull that face? He went, well, I just um, imagined that someone's kidnapped my children and I'm chasing after them. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of a man, what kind of psychopath? Has to imagine stuff like that when they're training. Are you a psychopath, James? Uh, no, I'm not a psychopath at all. You could argue John Wilkin is. You could argue John Wilkin is a psychopath. You could argue yeah. James Graham was slash is a psychopath. Yeah. You know, but in, in all seriousness, the question of kind of that sadistic side. Yeah, yeah. Like Wilkin, I, I can imagine you all pushing each other to yeah, weird yeah. extremities. Yeah, no, I suppose we've all got a bit of a dark side, haven't we? And, we do whatever it takes to motivate us at the time, do you know what I mean? Do, would you do that often? Imagine your, kid, no, your not, kids not being often, kidnapped. No, but no. Do you Every, do that on the pitch? It's no, quite an, no. an imaginative narrative, isn't I it? I used to talk to myself quite a bit on the pitch when Did I was you? younger. You know, like just kind of, yeah, like motivate yourself. Give, but, like, give me an example. What kind of stuff? Well, just that, like, try, just stuff as in, like, you know, whatever. He, you can get that, but he's not going to get to that ball. I'll get to that. You know, just little competitive yeah. stuff. But I used to like kind of verbalise it a little bit. But other people would think you're talking to them, and you're just having a sort yeah. Of a when monologue. I was younger, but someone's yeah. someone's got the ball and then chasing them and go, oh, they've nicked my wallet. I need to get my wallet back. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but yeah, I en I enjoy that that side of, of stuff. You know what I mean? The like you say, the the fitness you, side. You enjoy really enjoy pushing fitness. your limit, don't I, you? Yeah, I enjoy going to that place where you know you. Your body's telling you to quit, or your mind's telling you to quit, and you know what I mean, and then you, you push for it. Yeah, because yeah. the sense of achievement after that you've done it is it's really rewarding, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We've got, we've all got that within us, and we've all done it, haven't we? Yeah. As rugby league players, you know, yeah. you don't get to this level without having that within you. Well, yeah, I, I guess that's true, but then you've got to the highest level, haven't you? There are rugby league players who come along for the for the ride, don't they? And they they do all right, and maybe win a couple of bits of silverware. So. I guess it's a really quite hard question to answer, but your mindset—is it—is it from your dad? Is it from your family? Is it stilled in you from people in school? Is, it, is it, where has that come from? And 
Yeah, I don't know. To be honest. Maybe, obviously, probably is coming from my family a little bit. Um, and one one person I do admire a lot is my granddad, my dad's dad. Um, my other my, my other side of the family, they you know died when I was pretty young, really. The grandparents, but my dad's dad, he's he's still around now. Um, my granddad, and he's a bit of a fighter, to be honest. He's he's one of them. He's struggled with ill health a lot and uh, in and out of hospital and all that. But he's he's got that never say die attitude. You know what I mean? He's, is he was he a military man? No, no, he no. was. Uh, I think he's had all sorts of jobs. My yeah. granddad, he was. He's scouser as well. He's, he's scouser, yeah. So he's yeah. been a massive influence on you. Yeah, uh, a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's probably. I'm a bit. I'm, people say I'm a lot like my granddad in nature, yeah. where it's skipped a generation because my dad and his brother are a bit mental. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so me and me and my granddad are pretty. You know, your dad, he say he likes to go and watch Rangers, likes to travel away yeah, to yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, he, he likes to think he's still a bit of a football hooligan. Was he a football um, hooligan back in the day? Yeah, he likes he? to think. So I think uh, I think me coming along made him clean his act up and, yeah. and behave. So dad, I can't have that. Yeah. I need to. I think you need, uh, need it to yeah. be clean. But, uh, but that, yeah, he, he, he still loves it to this day, yeah. Mm. And that's why I saw a lot in James Graham, because they're quite close. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My dad and James Graham are two peas in a pod. <laughs> so look, let's rewind a little bit. Obviously, we've got to the point, you know, you made your debut and, and you kind of never looked back, didn't you, from, from 2004. Yeah. A couple of years later, the 06 side winning the yeah. treble. How, how special was that, that team and the, the people you had around you, the coaching? Every, it had every piece to the jigsaw, it seemed. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was unbelievable those times when I think back. It was... It was almost just at such a young age as well. I kind of come into this Saints team, played with all these stars that had watched on the terraces at Nosey Road, looked up to them. Next minute, I was a part of it, and I'm working with them day in day out. Uh, and then, like you say, that 06 team. Mm. I think at one point, nearly every, most of the 17 out of the, the starting team was international players, which mm. is is insane to to think about now. But uh, it was just good times. You know what I mean? I remember back then. Times were a bit different. We were, you know not as well behaved as we are now and we were out partying all the time but winning all the time and, and life was good everyone was just you know kind of just smiles on faces all the time and it almost was a bit easy at times which you know it's probably a wrong thing to say but we knew going into some of the games we knew we'd, we'd, we'd end up winning. if we don't win by 40 today we're you know we've, we've done ourselves an injustice where you know, as the years have gone on, obviously Super League's become a lot more competitive. So is that, is that where the sort of punishing yourself came from? Because you, everyone liked to have a good time, and, and John said it as well. It was a pretty loose period, the yeah. 2000s, but obviously it, it, it paid off. So you, you could party, but then you knew you had to make up for it in the gym and on the pitch. Yeah, I think everyone had that realisation that, you know, when it's time to enjoy yourself, do that. But when it's time to knuckle down and, mm. and do training, you've got to do that. And I think Daniel Anderson at the time, who was the coach, he was very good with that. Uh, it was quite relaxed, let the lads go and enjoy whatever they want to do. But, you know, when it comes to working, you're 100% on it and switched on. And Yeah, that was just a sign of the times. Who, who was the, the loosest goose in 2000? Oh, I mean, I've heard stories from Wilkin of sort of Sean Long waking up in the middle of the night, pissing on his passport to the point where he couldn't even use it in the airport. Um, and it, it was like it, a shredded wheat, yeah. wasn't it? Shredded wheat, yeah. Shredded wheat. Like John's one. body. But, but yeah, who, who, who was who was the loosest back then? Come on. Oh, I don't know. I can't name names. Spill some bit. Well, it wasn't. No, it was. was, no, was it Long, Longy was quite mad. John was. John was uh, quite loose. You were yeah. a different cat back I was, then. Uh, I was a bit younger. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, I suppose that was just the time back then. It was what everyone did, wasn't it? It was. And being the young lad, I just copied the old. You know what I mean? All the lads <laughs> who were married, kids, all that. They were out all the time. So I was like, well, I've got no excuse to be stuck <laughs> in at home. So, so I was out. Yeah. I mean, amazingly, back then as well, you were 
I mean, slightly before that as well, you were third choice hooker. Obviously, yeah. Kieran Cunningham was the, the star of the place. Was Nathan Hines as well was, was there? No, it was um, Mickey Hyam. Mickey Hyam. It was Mick Hyam, sorry. And yeah. So, you're, you're number three. Yeah. The number three, and, and patience was massive for you, wasn't it? To be, to be patient, to bide your time. Yeah. But you were learning, you were sponging everything. Was that a period where, you know, your brain was just taking in all this information for what was to come? Yes, definitely. I think subconsciously I probably learned so much without even realising, just in and around, being around these players every day. And, <clears throat> sorry. Um, and like you say, I, you got, I made my debut coming on as a, a scrum half for Sean Long. So I played a handful of, Super League games before I even played hooker. I'd never played hooker in my life until I was 18. And how did that transition come about then back um, then? Who told you no, it's not so going to work? So that was, I think I played a few games for the Super League, off for Saints, sorry, and then I got selected for Lancashire under 18s in a, you know, like a derby game against uh, Yorkshire. And uh, whoever was the hooker for the Lancashire team got injured and uh, they asked me to play hooker. So, you know, I filled in the spot. We had, we had played at Oddsall, I remember, and mm -hmm. I must have had a decent game and when I went back to Saints they said oh it looks like it suits you so we're going to try there a little bit more in training and then kind of ended up playing there yeah. Amazing isn't it how those little sliding doors moments yeah. that who knows what kind of career you could have had if you'd yeah. if you'd been a halfback. Maybe I would be looking like Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> maybe. maybe <laughs> yeah. sliding doors yeah. <laughs> so when you think back to the, the 06 days um, and you know and the, the parting and the stuff off the pitch. I mean, how different to today are we talking? In the space of what, only really 12 years ago? Yeah, yeah, I think times have changed a lot and society's changed, hasn't it? And um, I think obviously we're, at, at heart, we're all the same group of lads. We enjoy every now and again having a beer, obviously, and stuff, but it's nowhere near, it's, it's a lot more disciplined now. And I think because of, you know, the way everything's instant news and phones and all sorts, you've got to be on it all the time. You know what mm. I mean? You can't be... Uh, your behaviour on and off the field has got to be impeccable, and, it, and rightly so. You know what I mean? That's our job. That's part of the job that we sign up for. Um, and yeah, it's you know, it's it's just changed massively with you know the sports science, nutrition, the amount of research in, in all facets of the game really that goes into getting us in peak performance, and and obviously all the stuff around mindset, mental health. It's um, yeah, it's it's come a long way. Mm. And what's amazing about that that period of time is that. The team that you had in 06 was incredible. You probably thought that that was the beginning of a sort of domination in, in domestically. And then from 07 to 11, the five straight grand final defeats. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I can't even imagine what that, that, that does to, to a player, to a, to a coach, to a club mentally. Yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was just a, one of those. We just felt like we were a bit cursed or, you know, we couldn't get that monkey off our back. We couldn't, we couldn't get past that final hurdle, could we, mm. for for five years on the trot like you say it, it was pretty uh, you know grim times and especially like you say coming off the back of the success in 06 and probably got talked about a lot and maybe we bought into that a little bit too much um but then we obviously got you know some lessons in the in the years yeah. following that well, when was the toughest part of that period you know is it after the the second one mm. the third one the fourth i mean Especially when you start losing number three and number four, you yeah, must be yeah. thinking, what the hell is going on here? I know, yeah. I, I, I can't think back to a specific time, but I just remember, especially once you start losing two and three, it's like, you know, that, but, and it's, it's more, becomes more difficult year on year to get yourself up for it mm. and obviously build and kind of, you know, be consistent enough throughout the year to get to another grand final, which yeah. is an achievement in itself, really. 100%. But you know, to get to six grand finals in a row, win the first one, but then lose the following five, yeah. is a great achievement. But 
you know the way sport is and, and rightly so you you only remembered by results yeah. and and like you said earlier by silverware and, and you at that time were actually pretty dragging saints even though you won't say it yourself but you know your form was fantastic so you you were helping get them to the to the final but to, to not cross the line um yeah. was that kind of you know when you think back some of the darkest days in, in your career when it was like four or five but but again a conflict because personally you were playing so well yeah it's yeah like i say a club like st Helens as well and i think because of the kind of when i come into the team we had all that success we just expected it and then to learn all them lessons if you like and go through that period it was pretty bad at times and pretty and it probably i think john might have said it in the in the interview early on in the year where we probably had a bit of a, a carryover after that it probably took a lot out of us without us realizing mm. um and for a couple of years we were kind of you know down in the dumps almost and didn't really make finals and stuff uh, and it almost took a bit of a rebuild to to get back up there in, in 14 when obviously well, you know, I, flash was a i arrived and changed they played half yeah, back yeah. and saved the day flash came saved in, the in day. his cape didn't he yeah, yeah. saved the day Stop it. Before finishing here, we're here where we are in the AJ Bell, and we're coming. There's a statue of you outside when we yes, came in, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but are you going into a grand final then after like the, the second defeat and the third defeat, just thinking it's going to happen again? How, you, you really need a. I mean, it feels almost like yeah. you need therapy after that. that yeah, much failure. Think, yeah. Failure is the wrong Definitely word. Definitely, there's a lot, yeah, a, a lot more pressure, anxiety, whatever you want to call it, around the result going into it. Thinking, oh my, I hope this doesn't happen again. I hope it doesn't. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And then unfortunately it did five times. Yeah. But um but yeah, like I said, that the fourteen one was so important that we got the job done. Yeah. Uh, we just needed to to win that, to kind of break that curse if you like. Um and then obviously since then we've we've fared up pretty well in, in mm. finals. When you think of all those coaches you played with and when they were building up to that sort of Nathan Brown era as well, Mark in fourteen when you when what year did you come in? I twelve. Twelve? Twenty twelve, yeah. Out of there in fifteen, just quick twelve to fifteen out quick grand four years. final. But when you think of those coaches that you you played under, um, and, and internationally as well, who, who is the one that you've clicked with the most? Who, who is the best coach that, you, that you've played under? Yeah, I don't, it's very difficult to say the best. I, I'd, uh, yeah, I think you automatically think back, or I do anyway, when you associate winning trophies, generally, you know, ties in with the people who are, I reckon, you know, have had the most association with all the closest links. Um, as coaches and I've been very privileged to have you know a lot of coaches on my career mm. like you said including international but you know the, the three that come to mind straight away I've got to say are, are probably uh, Daniel Anderson, Justin Albrook and Christian Wolf. Mm. Um, and I think between the three of them you know not discounting anything that the, the other guys have done as well because I got on really well with Mick Potter, Roy Simmons was a fantastic bloke mm. I'll always be grateful, Ian Millward giving me my debut obviously Nathan Brown you know Kevin Cunningham. There's so many coaches I've worked under, but um, but I reckon those three just yeah, just you know that little bit extra, a little bit of a, a unique um, ability around them, but all different as well. Because it's probably you know Daniel was a very good man manager at the time. At a young age, I probably didn't appreciate all what he did. I'd, I'd probably you know if I was to go back and work with him at my age now, I'd probably notice a few more things and pick up on, understand why he's done that and why he's done that. Um, but Daniel was a, a great bloke to have around, quite a wise fellow as well, and kept everyone in check, which was pretty important back then as well. Um, Justin came, he was, you know, a really happy guy. Um, you know, came and almost kind of instilled a few non-negotiable standards in us, which really helped us take off as a team uh, and Justin's uh, sorry and then Christian's coming off the back of that 
and kind of sharpened those tools and, and narrowed our focus and probably you know made us an even better team. What about the worst? give you a little bit more. Not, I've, ne I've never had an issue. Less. No, I don't taking the team backwards. I suppose he's I, never going to answer yeah, a question. I he's like that. I'm one of them. I see the best in everyone. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And um, no, there's, there's not there's not been anyone who I've I've been coached by. Who I think yeah. you know. You can't you, do you mentioned Justin Holbrook and Wilco speaks so highly of him. And I think you both said like he, he just simplified everything, which is what worked yeah. for that team. When you've had someone like Justin, who you know kind of dragged you post Cunningham days back to where you should be and set those standards there and then obviously you've had Christian off the back of him how, how difficult is it to I guess inevitably lose these guys to to the NRL and you know they, 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 they take you to a, a different stratosphere and then you've kind of got to go again yeah. you know you're not you're not getting a, you're not getting them staying at Saints for four five six years yeah it's, I suppose it is tough but at the same time it's the nature of the sport and <clears throat> I think we all expect you know like you say you know coaches generally will do maybe a three or four year cycle or whatever it may be so you've got to kind of make the most of, of them while they're there and, and learn everything you can and obviously improve and build as a team and um, I think what was the key that you kind of with Christian kept the momentum from Justin there wasn't a lapse was there it just sort of it, it seemed yeah. quite a seamless transition yeah yeah so Christian obviously came in he, he didn't change too much and there's a lot of values shared between Justin and Christian in what they value what they want us to look like as a team and probably first to say that Justin was a bit more attack focused where Christian maybe initially definitely put a bit more focus on our defence um, which obviously resulted in us you know, having the best defensive record for a few years there and um, I think one point Mark said earlier was around the, you know, the recruitment and the retention of the club has been pretty constant in terms of you know, the core group, they tried to keep it together, there's been one or two here and there every year but we never really have you know, wholesale changes and, and a big clear out so um, you know, it's vital that a club and a team, obviously like St. Helens, you get the good people in and you keep the good people. Um, and that's luckily for us what we've done. And I think, obviously, you know, that makes the coach's job that little bit easier, I suppose. But, but yeah, the, you know, the amount of work a coach does nowadays goes unnoticed. I think a lot of people probably just think that, you know, they turn up, they, they coach us training, they, you know, make up a few moves and tell us how they want us to defend. Um, but there's so much more to that. There's, there's the managing, you know, managing people, managing staff, managing schedules. You know, speaking with the, you know, the, the governing bodies. There's, there's all sorts of sponsors. There's, you know, budgets. There's a lot behind the scenes that uh, I think goes underappreciated. I mean, Justin Mark knew how to play the game, didn't he? he? Was a politician, a great coach. Obviously, the players liked him, but always had a smile on his face. You know, would come in, handshake. You know, how to, knew how to work the media. Does Christian have a lighter side? I mean, Christian, to me, I'm quite scared, scared of Christian Ropes. He's sort of, he, he could, is he here, Mark? I'm scared yeah, when I see him. Yeah, yeah. He, he could be sort of like in Taken, couldn't he, with Liam Neeson or something? He's quite... Uh... Especially some of the stories I've heard about him, of early morning wrestling sessions. Yeah. They're very, no, very, really? very scary. In the wrestle room? He's, uh, he, well, yeah, we were, we were a bit scared of him at first when he yeah. first came. But like you how, say, many, how many years, how many months did it take? To oh, it took a couple of months, yeah. It took a few <laughs> months. But um, like you say, yeah, he's, uh, he, he looks a pretty serious bloke and obviously takes his job very seriously but uh, he's, he definitely has got a lighter side to him you mm. know what I mean and, and obviously we get to see that being in and around him every day at training and uh, but yeah he's, uh, he's a great bloke to have around mm. I mean all of this story about James Rowe being where we are today celebrating him Mark being in a seventh dream team and what are you up to now is it 519 appearances after the weekend yeah he's notching them off on his, on his bedroom wall yeah. 519 so you know obviously that's just we're closing in on 531 aren't we 
Um, but all, all the more impressive, really, that you were very, very close in 2019 to having to call it quits. Yeah. How, how close to being the end was that? Uh, well, I think really if we hadn't have, you know, found the, the guy who did the, my surgery, um, yeah, I was pretty close. I, it was almost like I was, we said, well, we had this reoccurring groin issue and we kind of couldn't get to the bottom of it. And we kind of accepted the fact that I'm just going to have to kind of get to the end of the season and, and we'll look at it then. Um, and then obviously kind of made it worse by obviously playing and, and especially in, in that grand final in 2019, it really did a bit, you know, a bit of damage there. Um, but then, yeah, so obviously, you know, managed to track someone down. I've got to, you know, pay full credit to our um, our medical department and Nathan Mill in particular, you'll know. Uh, so we went for this this operation, yeah, and, and it seemed to solve it. And then off the back of that, having the COVID, which obviously, you know, a bit of a global catastrophe, but for me personally, having that break, I think I definitely needed it, and uh, and yeah, kind of from there on started to build back up the uh, you know the me kind of fit, general fitness I suppose and general mm. ability of, of, of movement and agility and speed and stuff, mm. um, which has yeah kept me going. And look, we talked about your mindset, and we could have done a whole another sort of hour just on the James Roby mindset. But how have you managed to play so long? Because you started so young, and you know you're going again for this. 95% last dance there may be another season to come after that yeah. but um, this will be your 20th season as a professional yeah. it's astonishing yeah so I don't, there's probably a few reasons really but um, you know it's not as if like people have done it before like Tommy Lulawai for example just announced he's retired hasn't he he's done 20 years which is mm. you know an, an amazing feat and the, obviously the way he plays the game as well um, but yeah it's, it's a combination of obviously you know being quite lucky with injuries being at a good club enjoying it uh, I suppose the fact that I don't take my rugby too seriously, I, I find it pretty easy to switch off, definitely helps. Um, well, let's, let's hone in on that a little bit because you do go home and you go to, to the missus, Natasha, and the kids and so on, and, and there's no rugby in the house. When was the no, last time you watched a game of rugby at home? No, like if, if I'm in on a Friday night and there's rugby on and we're not playing, I'll stick it on for 10, 20 minutes. You know what I mean? I'll, then get bored and then yeah, yeah, else then, then I'll uh, you stick what on. I know, I'll put the rugby on oh, for 10, 20 minutes. 10 minutes. Yeah. Clips. But clips? I, yeah, it's very rare. Very rare. I can't remember the last time I watched a full game, but um, but that just works for me. But there's, there's not just me like that. There's a few lads like yeah. I know Louis. Louis similar. He just watches football, though, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. But, but that's worked for you, Robes, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that Is works that why? For me, yeah. Because it's almost like a superstition thing that you know you, you found that that balance is is kept the longevity. Yeah, yeah. I I find it better for me to just switch off and deal with my rugby when I get there. It's almost clock in, clock out. Mm where some lads obviously, you know, operate better when it's on the mind constantly and, mm. and that's fine, isn't it? I suppose we're all different, aren't we? But yeah, um, but yeah I just, you know, that's the way I am and um, I suppose it, it helps a lot that my wife's very, she's supportive as me in whatever I do kind of thing, but she's not that bothered about the rugby. It's just, it's, that's just what I do. That's my job, if yeah. you know what I mean. Um, so she still doesn't know the rules and stuff after all these mm. years and, and things like that. But, um, but I... I I wouldn't want it any other way. But that, it's interesting from an analysis side of it because obviously there's so much in the game now, isn't there, of watching games back. I, I take it you still do that as in like you're still forced to do that by Christian yeah, when, yeah. when it's work time, yeah. but just not like Mark, sort of a vanity project when you go home looking through his old, you know, watching all, the 2014 grand final. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all the time. Thinking, but Ben th Flower, I'll, I'll get you next time. I'll get you try that. Time. I think it's quite rare that you get someone who'll go down as one of the greats of the sport mm. who 
isn't as emotionally invested and dedicated yeah. to, to studying it away from away from just actually playing and training. Uh, I think usually the, the, the nerds at whatever sport they're playing, it's quite, um, yeah, it's quite refreshing to hear that you don't have to do it that way. You can do it James's way and just clock in, clock out. Um, and still be an absolute legend. Have you got any weird little hobbies? I mean, I know a lot of it's just family time, and I guess you just you're so sort of mentally knackered, aren't you, through a season that you just want to go home and chill and just yeah. switch. You used off to do CrossFit for a bit of a hobby during the off season, didn't you? That doesn't yeah, during me, the off one. season, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my mobility's not not no, the best now. I've got a bit older. A bit Who does that? CrossFit on, <laughs> on holiday at the end of a rugby league season. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever got any little strange little nuances, little things that you get up to? Little, you know, what's the, what's the, the no. weirdest thing that we don't know about James Roby? The weirdest thing. I don't know, I'm a pretty boring, simple guy, to be honest. <laughs> I suppose I go home and spend time with my family. I don't really have many hobbies around. Like Some of the lads play golf, but my thumbs are knackered, so I struggle with that. Um, yeah, it's just... It's what it is. <laughs> so, um, what I do find quite interesting about you is... I know you don't blow your own trumpet, but you are quite interested in records, I think it's fair to say, aren't you? For example, you know, part of going again is... Because can you imagine if you do do four? I mean, if you did five and then just yeah. drop the mic and walk out, when's the next team that's going to come up and do five, yeah. apart from Saints? Um, Kel Coslett's record. You, you know how much that means yeah. to Saints fans, what that means around the club. You know, if you were to get past that, that's something that you've... It's definitely been in the back of your mind. Yeah, so that's definitely one of the factors in going again as well. Because um, I was weighing up all the pros and cons, and, and obviously that was one, and I was thinking, well really does it matter do you you know do you need to try and achieve that and and you know is it you know i was thinking like you you're just the all-time appearance maker for one club does you know is it something that's worth going for and all that and then the more i kind of it was playing on my mind i thought well yeah it is do you know what i mean like <laughs> if it's there let's go but i like it. that you've admitted that because yeah. In a way, and in the nicest way, that there is a bit of yeah. ego around that, isn't yeah. there? It's like, well, hold on, you, you obviously you don't need telling how good you are yeah. as a rugby league player, but you you will even if you finished five years ago, you would have been remembered as one of the greats. But you could be remembered as the greatest, you know, with with breaking another record like that when people yeah, look back. Yeah, I, I suppose it comes back to similar to like we're all very competitive, aren't we? And if there's something there that you can maybe achieve, then we're going to go for it, aren't we? And um, yeah, I've, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed. You know, I might get to a to a stage where I can maybe get that record, and like I say, it's it's one of those that then potentially, you know, my children or my grandchildren or whatever might be able to see my name up and as you know, up in my, the big my, my granddad played loads of games for Saints or something like. That. You know what I mean? Just little things like that, really. Yeah. But um, that definitely did play a factor. Well, you're closing in on it. I mean, it's it's within touching distance already, yeah. isn't it? You're just looking to sort of halfway through next season. What will it be about round eight, round nine next season? I mean, it would yeah. be a hell of a moment, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, it would, yeah. It. yeah, it'd be a great achievement, obviously, um, you know, and it's been a bit, only, like this year in particular, I've had a couple of moments where I've been, I've been in the press quite a bit, really, with, you know, with the 500 game thing and breaking the Super League and uh, and stuff like that, where, you know what I mean, I, I felt a bit uncomfortable at times, it's a bit like, oh, well, you know, I'm getting rewarded for this and then appearance this and, and then obviously I've got that again potentially next year, so... Mm. Um, but yeah, it'd be a great moment and, and it's one again, again where I'll look back when I finish and probably realise and, and think back you know yeah. sit there with my cup of tea and chill out and like oh yeah you do I, it, I did alright it strikes me that you probably do it more for your family than yourself that it's something <clears> nice <throat> for them to kind of do make them proud yeah them yeah suppose, to get excited yeah. about yeah yeah because uh, yeah the, the, the kids are like 
obviously they like the fact that dad's a rugby player and stuff and yeah. obviously they must be going into school going yeah fucking Roby's kids mate yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but I think everyone's, everyone's kids are like Back that aren't they suppose dad's, dad's the hero to them but my kids are a little bit older now obviously I, I have my kids uh, pretty young especially my son he's nearly 15 so um, you know, he's, he walked out with us mascot yesterday. The last game of the, mm. of the home season, the last home game, sorry, of the regular season. We always walk out with our kids as, as mascot, but my lad's the same height as me now, and he's walking out, and he's like, "I'm not holding your hand, Dad." Like, <laughs> uh, he said, he's too cool for that kind of thing. So he felt a little bit embarrassed walking out, but um, I was like, "No, come on, because it's a special moment for me." Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And uh, we'll only get that chance a couple more times. So. Um, yeah, you know, my, my kids are a little bit older now, so it probably is a bit different for them, but it's all they've ever known, isn't it? So mm. uh, it will be a change for them too. What gets you emotional? Anything? Or, you know, externally that we can see? Have you ever had that kind of breakdown and tears and thinking, you know, reflection and so on? Because you don't often reflect when you're in the heat of the moment yeah, yeah. in the career, do you? No, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it works for me. I, I, like I say, I'm not, I probably don't give off many emotions. Uh, you know, I like to think I do have emotion, but um, but yeah, I know that I, I don't perceive, come off, give off that perception, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just me as a character. I just worry about my own job, like I said earlier. Uh, try and get my own stuff in order. Don't worry too much about other teams or other players. Mm. Um, you know, and hopefully, don't do you, let things get Do you think that will come enjoy. though? Like, you know, when, when you eventually do hang up your boots, not next season, because you've just said you're probably going to go again for another one after <laughs> this. So, you know, when, when you, eventually there is that point where you can sit in the pub with the likes of Wilkin and Graham and Sean Long and everything and just all yeah. look back on the good times and then it'll, it'll all start, it'll maybe just flood out of you. Maybe, maybe. I'll have to go and do some of them Wim Hof breathing techniques and start <laughs> clap crying like all them celebrities. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I think when I look back, it obviously depends what I go into, doesn't it, after rugby and stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm going to miss it 100%, you know what mm. I mean? I know for a fact that I'm going to miss, we've become, I've become so used to just kind of, you know, going to training, being with the lads, having a laugh, working hard, um, you know, and, and I suppose it is a very unique kind of workplace, a bit military-esque and, and stuff like that. When you're, you're all together every day, we kind of get told what to do, what we can and can't do. Got to live by, you know, strict regimes every now and again and, and make sacrifices. And um, But I like it. I like the routine of it. And, um, yeah, you know, we've got another year of that to come. I mean, it is amazing, Mark, really, that, I mean, and, you, and you've been in a dressing room with James Rover, you've been on a pitch with him, and, you know, even when he wasn't captain, he's a captain, really, isn't he? Because everyone's just following his example that he's leading by. The, the sort of the humble nature of him, it, I'm just thinking of all the other people in different sports at the very top of the game, all the endorsements and everything that, that come their way. I mean, Robes has even said, was it 2018 when you had to lift the trophy for the first time as captain? You found it really awkward. You didn't really know what to do and you were thinking about yeah. the pyrotechnics and so on. It wasn't yeah. just like a... I mean, obviously, you've got used to it now. I mean, if you yeah. lift it a fourth time, you know what you're doing. But it, it's kind of unheard of for someone at that level, at the top, to have that personality. And it's so organic and it's so authentic, isn't it? And it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's great for the club as well to have your figurehead of someone that, that has set standards on and off the field with how they behave and such a humble uh, manner that, that they, do, they do it in. And um, I was... A few months ago, I was speaking to someone who was involved with the Irish rugby union team, and they're number one ranked in the world uh, right now, and they've been on a great bit of success. And he said one one thing they do when they're training, they're always talking about being calm, calm under pressure. Mm. So they never they never flapping, they're never nervous or stressed in, in stressful situations. It's all about playing whilst being calm. Mm. And when he said that, it made me think of James because 
I've never been on a field with him for the four years, 100 games or whatever it was. He was, he was never anything but calm and cool. And even in the, the tough times when we played in the grand final in 14, when we were on the, on the ropes a little bit, he was that calming influence on everybody else. Yeah. And it's such, um, it's quite, it's very rare, I think, in sport. Um, and it's such an important commodity that you've got your leader, who's the most important player for your team, just calming everybody down, putting them at ease. And he just, he kind of sets a precedent for the rest of the team to follow. And when you see every one of his games, he just, He's got the same stone face all the way through. Mm. <laughs> and he could have done 50 tackles or 100 tackles, and you'd never know it. And yeah. it's, um, it's it, and that's having your captain to kind of behave like that is, is, is really important, I think. Do you ever get stressed? Uh, a little no. bit, yeah. I put it out. Not, but you, yeah, but you not, don't show it? No, I probably don't, yeah. You don't, you don't, I don't no that. meditation, you don't do any mindfulness, anything behind no, the scenes? No, I've started doing a bit of yoga now, I'm getting older. You, Every now and again, copying. My wife does uh, yoga, but. I, I do You're very bendy. You used to be very bendy anyway. No, I'm not very... I'm, I'm, my flexibility is terrible, is to be honest. But, yeah. um, like a big ball of rubber. Like, yes, uh, but I, yeah, I'm just trying. Anything that will maybe get that 1%. Well, it's those little margins now, yeah, isn't yeah, it? That can give yeah. you an ex, those extra um, few months. But yeah, no, I'm, like I say, I'm just pretty chilled out, laid back. And like I said earlier, I probably you know, get it from yeah. my granddad. It's so but just before we finish and talk about sort of what you might do after rugby, one last dance for Saints potentially mm -hmm. too yeah but no last dance for england has sean wayne been sliding into the dms <laughs> no 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 i'm not no not spoke to anybody at england um and like i said i had this conversation earlier so i obviously retired from international probably you know over a year ago now it was when the decision got made to push the world cup back due to the covid and all that yeah. um and at the time it was just the fact that I thought, well, this time next year, I thought I'd be in a worse state than I am. I didn't anticipate feeling, yeah. you know, relatively as, as good as I do. Um, and I always had the intention that this year was going to be my last two. Mm. So, you know, I'll try and give it me all for Saints kind of thing and finish on high. And the World Cup probably be out of reach, to be honest. But it's not, though, is it? Um, Let's be honest. But yeah, well, I've got to that stage now where people are obviously maybe, you know, considering me or, you know, mentioning my name in and around yeah. the squad. And um, yeah, but. I think the fact that I've, I'm going again for Saints plays a bit of a factor as well. And I think it's ultimately probably the right decision because at my age now, I have got to be careful of kind of, you know, I, I suppose the World Cup is going to be a very intense competition and rightly so. Um, and, you know, I'm fully behind England. And I, I obviously fought in the background, you know, should I stick to my decision or should I not? But I can, I'm already sensing doubt, so I'm yeah. going to have to ask you for a percentage. Is it categorically no? Yeah, no, I think it's categorically. You said no, this yeah. last time. No, no it, it, it Are you is. 95%. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm nailed on. I'm, I'm but you must be tempted. Come yeah. on. I mean, it's a, it, you know, a home World Cup, yeah. and a, we talk about the Hollywood off, off story. Off camera, James said, I've already booked my holiday and stuff, but you can go on holidays yeah. for the rest of your life. This, 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 know, this, winning a World Cup on home soil. No, I agree with that. It's something when you talk about records and surpassing Cal Cosler and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Isn't winning a World Cup on home soil? Up you can see even, you, James, you can see your body language already. You're tempted. <laughs> if 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 Sean yeah, Wayne called you after this, yeah, right, I'll do if it. If Sean Wayne called you, be honest. If Sean Wayne called you, would you consider it? No, I, no, I wouldn't. I think I don't um, believe him. I think you'd be open to being talked into it. I think, yeah. the, I think the door no, I think is I've, a little bit I think of creak I've made of light. Me, I, I think, like you say, because I'm always a bit... I, I think, think I've made think my decision. You know what I mean? There's always that bit of me that says, well, I can prove people wrong. <laughs> yeah. Where I've got to commit to my decision. Yeah. And, um, and you're 95% like you sure. Holidays are booked. We've got plans. We're all going 
all, all stuff sorted for the end of the season. Well, nothing's important you know, winning book, the World Booking. Cup. Booking.com, you'll get your money back on a holiday, yeah. you know. But we'll see. I mean, we'll, we, I'm sure, sure England fans will pay for that. England fans will pay for your holiday. Yeah, so. <laughs> okay, so look, that's, that's potentially open, Sean, if you wanted to just um, drop James a, a, a DM. But um, life after rugby, to finish. Because the more and more I hear you speak, the more I see a coach in you. Is that where we're going? Uh, I don't aspire to be a, a coach. No. Um, like I say, I think the way I am and the way I don't overanalyse things and I don't think of rugby all the time um, doesn't really suit that job because it's such a high-pressure job and mm. and you've got to be a certain type of, of person um, to, to do it. And But if, for example, I got offered a job to stay around at St Helens, I understand it would be very hard to turn down, do you know what I mean? And then indirectly you might get, oh, well, you know, do a bit more coaching on this, a bit more coaching or whatever, and then, you know, further down the line, it might shape me into, into going in that direction. But uh, but I don't aspire to be a coach. What do so. you aspire to do then afterwards? Is, is there know. any concern that you don't really know what life is? I would like to stay involved in professional sport, I know that. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily rugby league, maybe another sport, but I do understand that it makes more logical sense to, to stay in rugby league. That's where my reputation is, my knowledge uh, and things like that. So, so yeah, but, you know, hopefully, you know, trying. I've got another year now, obviously, committing to Saints. So another year to kind of put a few feelers out and just see what's out there. And let's like say I might end up staying in rugby league. Maybe not. Um, you know, I got quite a few good contacts over the last few years. Completely, I, did, I went back to, to university and did a master's degree in sporting directorship. Because you dropped um, out first time, didn't you, to play to concentrate on Saints? You did a sports science. Yeah, that Wars. was me and me and John Wilkin. That was back in 2004 or yeah. something like that. We we started at, at John Moore's on a scholarship, yeah. um, but we just couldn't keep up with the, the commitments with training and stuff. It was it was we were touring and throwing from St Anne's to Liverpool every day, and it was getting a bit too much to be honest. So we had to uh, you know kind of say thanks, but but mm. no thanks. We can't we can't do it. Um, so yeah, picked up my studies, you know, later on, and, and got all that done now under my belt. But it's kind of opened my eyes a lot to, you know, to, to jobs that are available across sport in general, and, and the future need of something sport. Something to get your kicks, robes. You yeah. Know, where are you going to get the this adrenaline rush? Yeah. That, well, you I'll, need that. I'll end up doing mad challenges and stuff like that. Definitely. Well, we've already signed you up for SAS. Yeah. yeah. Wins. Yeah. Is that Middleton still doing that? You got cancelled, didn't he? I forgot. Uh, he's been cancelled. We can sort that out for you. Yeah, we'll, but, we'll I, that um, but yeah, I look forward to. to you know, marathon. I'm Iron a celebrity. Man, all that. Strictly? No, 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 no. Wouldn't chance. do any of that. No chance. Wouldn't do strictly. No, no. Some, some, some I'm outfits. Well, just because just the outfit. <laughs> yeah. All right, wife strictly say so you can wear no, what you no, want. No, you no, on. no, I'm not. Um, no, I'm not. I wouldn't be able to move by then. Because you're not on social media, are you? No. Very much. Yeah, just a hidden cloak. Privacy's power. Yeah. I reckon. I um, like it. I like to just yeah do my own thing and obviously just because I'm not posting it doesn't mean I don't do good things and go on days out with my family you just and have stuff. to tell everyone about it yeah man. I just I don't yeah. feel any I, I can't be doing it was a bit it, like John was like that for a bit wasn't he but now every morning John posts um, down at the bakery you know <laughs> different slices of bread that he's making and he different slices of bread that he's shows making. that he's up at four o'clock in the morning running the business yeah, yeah. That's, that's very true <laughs> um, to begin with Will you asked me about James Robbie's the best player of Super League you've, you've had a thought about, think I've about that I've been thinking now. about it because yeah. I massively sat, on the, sat yeah. on the fence um, and you're going to say no <laughs> unfortunately you didn't make it in my eyes no but he, in my opinion he definitely is so we talk about longevity in sports obviously he's, he's, got, he's breaking the, the, the Super League record and probably appearances for St Helens but it's the longevity 
it's the fact that he's been in seven dream teams. It's the fact that you when did you make your, your international debut? Uh, 2006. 2006. So we're in 2022. Um, 16 years later, and you still you, you'd walk into a great an England shirt. So being able to play at that standard, international standard for 16 years, and then most importantly, the context of where he plays, the position. So an 80-minute hooker is the hardest position on the field because you're a smaller body because you've got to be fit, but you've been uh, you're surrounded by bigger men. So the amount of graft and, and toll that goes through James's body, but, all, but he's always um, he's always got to be, be supremely fit and control where, where his team goes around the park. So the, the fact that it's longevity, it's the position he plays, but also the humble nature of, of, of how he goes about his business, in my eyes, is, is, is definitely the best best player of the Super League era. There you go. There High you praise go. from Cheers, Mark man. Flanagan. That's yeah. got to be up there. I mean, you've got to say it about me. Say something nice about him. Five seconds. Just say something nice about Mark. Right. Can you think uh, of anything on the spot? Uh, good-looking guy. Good-looking guy. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. Good. No, it's good. Good, good lad. <laughs> 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 he, he was. He was all right. <laughs> yeah, he's a. Yeah, he's, he's a good lad. He was all right. He's a good lad. He's a good lad. James, thank you so much. Do you know what? I even I messaged Mark last night, and I just watched because I watched the interview you did with John, and so. What a, what a bloody good lad! Doesn't he just comes across as a bloody good bloody lad. We've good never lad. met before. Well, we met a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, we've never had a chat yeah. before. He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember me. No, no. But um, mate, top man. I love I love I love James Roby. I love I love his vibes. I love the the vibes that he's giving off. And wishing you all the best, mate. End of the season. Number four would James, be incredible. Um, so the things I've sort of taken from this last hour is that James Roby says that he possibly will go on for another season after next. Yeah. He's signed up for SAS. <laughs> Who dares wins? Yeah. Sean Wayne. You know what to do. You've Call got his him. number. If you haven't, just give us a bell. We'll get, sort that for the World Cup. So potentially James Roby playing at the World Cup. And um, what else did you get out of that, Mark? I'm a good lad. And that you're a good lad as well. <laughs> there we go. So let's just finish by saying our thoughts are with John um, at this difficult time. Uh, we're not sure when he's going to be back yeah. on, on television, on the podcast. And, and if this is the end, John, on out of your league, we thank you so much for all your, your hard work all over the, the, the last five, five or six years. And John... All the best. Uh, <laughs> all the best. Uh, we'll see you soon on Out of Your League. Give us a little review at Out of Your RL on social media, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We need five stars. We're still 4.8. Even if you just write some abuse to John Wilkin, it's very welcome. See you next time.